Welcome to Pray for the World podcast, where we will be discussing topics ranging from world events with Christian perspectives to incredible life stories and the state of the church globally. I'm your host, Benjamin Arde, founder of Pray for the World. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, we're going to be focusing on Brazil at this moment. Um, three months ago, violent riots broke out on January the 8th after Brazil's elections. In the news, they claim the Brazilian uh, general election suffered from widespread electoral fraud, which caused Bolsonaro's loss. Many were enraged that President Lula was found guilty of corruption and that he came back into power. So we want to touch on some of the subjects that relate to global events because we are a praying people. And the Bible said this, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, they must repent. And the Lord says that he will turn and he will heal the land. Now, there's desperate need for healing and um, restoration in the land. The, glo the globe is in chaos. And God is raising up his uh, catalysts and his voices in the nations that are going to speak with clarity and power and authority. We know that uh, those voices will not be liked by many, but also be a hope to many. So we represent the kingdom that is above and not beneath, and we are here in prayer. And the Word of God said one of the simple principles of prayer is, if two of you shall agree, it shall be done. When prayer is made, activation begins, and it causes this chain reaction like the ripple effect. may look like what you are doing is insignificant, but David had one smooth stone. That smooth stone changed the course of the nation of Israel, changed the course of the nation of the world, the nations of the world. We are still our benefactors of that great, or beneficiaries of that great step of faith that a young boy took in facing Goliaths. In the culture we are in today, we're in a cultural war, we're in a war that is against the saints of God now. Global persecution is on the rise, and it's going to require the Davids to rise up. Those that are bold as a lion, those that know their God, and those that walk in the Spirit. Our threat is not a human being. Our threat is actually not flesh and blood, but it's in the Spirit and so God has his spirit ones that are going to walk together. Now, today we have with us a very special guest, Rosanna Ramacchiotti. Ro, I don't know if it's Ramacchiotti, but I know it's an Italian name. And uh, I had the privilege 20 years ago in uh, Orange County, California, I got a call from a friend of mine named Rex. Crane, who's a preacher, travels around the world, very mighty evangelist, many souls saved, many healings and miracles, and I've known him also for quite some time. And Rex said, I need you to go to this house. Uh, there's a woman who's uh, under attack. There's somebody who's, uh, something's going on. She doesn't want to leave. So she, uh, uh, Rosanna, you're welcome to correct us, but I'm going to give you my version of the story, and you can just... Uh, you can just, uh, you know, help there. But so I went to Rosanna's house with uh, with Rex. And as I went to the house, uh, we were downstairs and we were discussing about what was going on in the house. 
So I said to Rosanna, just uh, take me upstairs. Let's go upstairs. And as I went upstairs, this woman was at the back of her apartment and she was causing tremendous amount of problems from what I know. And she looked at me and the demons began to manifest. And the spirits in a new, just like the new Jesus, just like the new Paul. And God began to confront these demons. Now, one thing I don't do is allow demons to play with me. We don't play around and have long chit chats. I've grown up in deliverance ministries. I've been around that many times in my life. I grew up, I lived in India, I lived in Mauritius. I've seen uh, a lot of demonic manifestations. And I have a problem with many people that actually mess with people, with folks' lives by trying to get them and talking to the devils and stuff. We don't talk to the devils. We cast out the devils. We don't give them the time of day. We have authority over them. That's all. So that's where I met Rosanna. That was our introduction. I went into her house. I went to the back. This woman started screaming, said, I know you, I know you, I know you. And I said, yes, you know me. You know me because of who is in me. And I'm coming to address you in the name of Jesus. So that was our amazing story. That is how we met each other. And ever since then, we've been good friends. But Rosanna, uh, would you introduce yourself? Tell me a little bit, uh, a little bit about yourself, about how you got saved. Maybe you can just start off with how we met, and then I would like to know uh, for the audience about how you gave your life to Jesus, your story, uh, your personal testimony. Hello, Pastor Benjamin. What a uh, privilege and honor to be here with you to be here with your church and the people of the world. We are together on this fight for the nations. Uh, like you said, my name is Rosanna Ramasiotti. It's very Italian, hard to pronounce, but you did a very good job because you spoke more Italian than American when you spoke about my name, my last name. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's amazing. You were invited yeah. to my house. It, it, it's very true. Um my heart, my evangelistic heart sometimes get myself in trouble. I invited this woman that was going through a lot of issues in her life to stay with me for a few days, not knowing that she was using drugs and all the things she was involved in some elicited uh, things with her, with men. And I knew I was in trouble. And I asked Rex to come and then sure enough, the Lord brought you at that day. And I will never forget because in the minute you went to the room, she actually was sitting on the floor and she flew against the wall and she just had the hatred against you, which we know it's not her, but it's the spirit behind her. We know the devil hates us and that is a reason why. And in a few seconds, you used the authority of the Holy Spirit and told her to pack and go and sure enough, she did. So I was crying the whole time and you were just there to be a blessing and to help me to solve a problem. And we know also she had the seed of God in her for a few seconds because she was able to hear about the Lord through you and Rex. And we just hope and pray that she's still alive today. But this is how we met and obviously it was quite a adventure for me, but also it's the care of God, the care of the Lord for my life. You know, when we extended ourselves above our means, the Lord always bring someone to help us hold our hands and have victory. And praise God, 
was a day of victory. So thank you so much for coming that day with authority and helping to solve that problem. Praise God, Rosanna. It was a blessing. I was so blessed to, to meet with you. And uh, to see what God has also done in your life has been amazing. Um, but uh, I would love to hear for the audience uh, what God has done. Tell us how you gave your life to the Lord, Rosanna. I am privileged to be born and raised by uh, pastors. My father, a pastor for 60 years, he retired uh, in 2019. And my mom was a woman of God. God used her prophetically in a very amazing way. So since a very young age, I was involved in the environment of the power of the Holy Spirit. But by the age of 10 and 12, I really dedicated my life to the Lord because I understood their lives and their calling were not mine. I had to be saved and give my life to God uh, individually. And I got baptized in the water when I was 12. And immediately I felt the part of God in my life and I dedicated my life to him. And I never looked back. There were seasons that I was discouraged. You know, things happened in ministry that made me feel a little bit broken inside of me. But God gave me the opportunity to really heal my heart and have myself ready to serve him in whatever he wants me to serve. So I'm grateful for the plans that I had. You know, it's so important to have a good foundation having the word of God in your life and having two models, a male and female, teaching me the word of God, teaching me to hear the Holy Spirit. I am extremely grateful for my parents. And most importantly, I feel privileged that I had this uh, foundation for my own personal call and my own destiny. Any, any, uh, let me put it this way, any, powerful experience that changed your life um, that you can give us, Rosanna? Yes, I uh, I was in church when I was probably 12 or 13 years old, and I heard uh, a missionary from Africa, and that's how I felt. That was the day I have to give my life to Christ. There was this missionary from Africa, and I don't remember what country specifically, and he was telling his stories how God in a supernatural way, had sustained him throughout ministry and helping the poor and helping people get saved and also his own struggles to support his family in Africa. So that day was a day I really felt I need to do something for the kingdom that has value and it costs something. You know, most of us, we want to serve God, but we don't want to pay the price to have victory in our lives. So that day was the day that I dedicated my life to God, that I said, I'm going to serve you as long as I live. And whatever it cost, I am willing to pay because I was so inspired by this uh, man. And today I am grateful God has given me finances that I can help many missionaries in third world countries so we can support them financially also in prayer. So that is the day God marked my life to really stand up for the kingdom. Wow, that's amazing. And you've also done a lot of assignments with uh, major ministries around the world, have you not? Yes. Uh, I had the privilege to work with Pastor Benny Han for a few years. We did some 
uh, mission work in Brazil uh, under the ministry or the Benny Hand, the Crusades, we were able to pray for the sick. Specifically, I was there to help to pray for the sick, and we saw so many miracles. We had over 700,000 people live on the streets. We basically stopped the city. People could not go in any direction because Brazilians were so hungry to receive the word of God. And we saw people being healed, people with AIDS, uh, people walking that never walk in their lives. We had a woman, a young girl, she was a teenager. She came, she couldn't hear, she couldn't speak. And she was also demon possessed. And we pray for her, the, the team, not me specifically, but more than one person. And she was completely healed. She was able to hear. She was able to speak. And the first words that came out of her mouth was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And that she was set free. So that is something God gave us the privilege to be part of it. I also work with uh, Pastor Rick Warren. Pastor Rick Warren was really dedicated in transformation of cities, which is something extremely important. So we did some missions in Brazil. We helped to create uh, small groups. We really work with leadership and helping people get healed from addictions. And we did a lot of small groups and, and leadership in Brazil, Rio de Janeiro specifically for about three, four years. And from there, God also gave me the privilege to work with leaders in Rwanda. There was a conference for leaders with 120 nations because I speak English. I was called to be part of the leadership team. And then we had the privilege to work with leaders from eight countries uh, from Africa. And we saw God working through their lives in an amazing way. And it was such a beautiful experience for me to see how God operates in every nation and every race, you know, and the experience of knowing Jesus Christ is the same because we have the same father. So when we travel through nations, you really understand what the gospel is all about. It's one God. So we have the privilege to do that as well. That is so beautiful. And I love the story how, well, thank the Lord for your mom and dad and uh, how they brought you up because look at you and uh, and what God has done in your life. And from what I understand now, you got your master's in theology as well as being ordained into the apostolic with one of the major ministries. And uh, so I think it's, you know, God's timing that you're on with us on Pray for the World. And uh, you have always been also effective in everything that you've done in my encounters with you, uh, Rosanna. So you're a woman of excellence and uh, those women are hard to find, not in the sense that, but I believe it's because of your dedication to God and the work of the Lord. So uh, I think the audience is going to be very blessed today uh, with with uh, with your story. And uh, you've also been involved in the corporate world, have you not, Rosanna? Yes, I am uh, also a marketplace apostle, as we call here in the United States. It might be a unique word, but that's what they call which. I have the authority uh, from my pastor to operate under the apostolic ministry to work in the marketplace. And I am in the real estate development part of industry. It's a very 
important industry, especially in the United States. And God gives me the privilege to be around leaders, very influential leaders. I am also licensed as a mediator and an expert in negotiation, which is something God has given to me a few years back. The Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to mediate uh, between the marketplace and the church. And doing that, I have been able to minister to really influential people, wealthy men and women. And there is no greater privilege for me when I am before a man who is so successful. And when I speak about my God, you know, when I put a seed in their hearts and I see them crying, it is so amazing because there is no power on the earthly round, you know, no money, nothing that can compare to the presence of the Holy Spirit in, in our lives. So I am very working in the marketplace. I am also a first VP for the Republic Women in Orange County, which is also important because we are fighting for our nations. And I am a voice of hope. Even uh, the leaders, they invited me to be the president, but I don't feel God is calling me for that. But I am right in the middle. I also do a little bit of mentorship with people running for office, especially Christians. So I do whatever I can to step into the marketplace or the secular world with the light of Christ in me. So I think it is important. So I love doing that as well. And uh, I think we can have another show because I'd love to hear more about that because that's something that I don't think a lot of people understand uh, in the sense of marketplace ministry and becoming a light and an influence in the in the sphere of the world. You know, um, the Bible talks about the early church, how they had the gifts of governments, the gifts of administrations. Uh, so they're different gifts. And, uh, you know, everybody has their part to play in the uh, organism of the kingdom, in the body of Christ in reality. And so I'm excited to see uh, what you're doing uh, in, in all these spheres. Praise God, Rosanna, and the best is still yet to come. Amen. That's I believe a, that. That's powerful. And uh, so, yeah, I believe that God's still got so much more that you're going to begin to put together. And, uh, you know, the Lord is the Lord has got his people. The Lord has got his servants in place. So now, Rosanna, I want to focus on Brazil. Uh, and the reason I believe the Lord picked you and chose you for this today is because in the spirit, people need to know what's going on. And um, we live in an age of... Well, the Bible says that good will be noted as, uh, well, evil will be good and good will be evil in the last days. And uh, we living in an age where it's hard to discern. That's why we need the prophets and apostles and we need God's servants to discern. And I believe that's also why we need to be prayerful. Now, just what's going in Brazil is a microcosm of what's going on in the USA, what's going on in different parts of the nations of the world. And I said to somebody today, I said, you know, a lot of what we're seeing, we may want to fix in our natural man, 
But our real power is in who we are. Um, and if you look at Paul and Silas and many of the apostles, first of all, there was a church in prayer in Jerusalem. There were, there were bases of prayer covering. But also when they went into cities, no matter how demonic they were, because I see a lot of folks have majored on the demonic, you know, everybody wearing red to the Oscars and the Hunger Games theme in the inauguration and so forth. Uh, what's going on in the world. We're seeing an open display of the demonic right now. It's always been there. It's just out in the open. Um, but uh, the reality was that the early church went into the same environment with the same issues, but with a different level of authority than we encounter today. And um, so... That's just an issue I want to raise, but I want to get to the point of what's going on in Brazil. Okay, so we've seen a lot of changes. You're from Brazil. You, you have the heartbeat of Brazil. We want to get the people to that are with us and pray for the world to also pray for the nation of Brazil. And I believe what's going on in Brazil is also pivotal in the whole of South America because it's indicative of actually what's going on globally, which is to, um, like they say in the WEF, and that is, uh, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. So it's to create this utopia of a false unity outside of Christ and to have certain individuals that are their uh, spokespeople, their evangelists, if I can say, to bring a disruption. But if you can give us, give me a, or give the audience a background of the two candidates. We have Luis da Silva, Jara Bolsonaro, and they both ran for office in Brazil. So for the audience, if you can give us a background, um, Rosanna. Well, let me talk a little bit about Brazil. Brazil is a beautiful nation with a, a friendly uh, people. Brazil is considered the most friendly country in the world. So if when I travel, I usually travel with my Brazilian passport because it's easier to enter to other nations. A lot of people don't even know that. Brazilians don't like wars and fights. They just wanted to enjoy life and enjoy what God has given them, a beautiful nation with nature and all that. Uh, Brazil is a Catholic country and since uh, in 1980s, Brazil was highly persecuted. Uh, evangelicals were highly persecuted in Brazil uh, by the Catholic Church, we have to say, because it's true, it's on the books, it's not accusation, but it's reality. But in 1980s, God started shifting Brazil, and Brazil became a, a more evangelical. Now we are 30% when we used to be 3%. When you do the math, over 200 million people, it's a lot of people. So we know God is investing in our nation to save that nation because it is the heart of God. But uh, Bolsonaro came into the picture. Uh, Lula was, uh, Lula was, he is uh, a liberal president, as we call in Bolsonaro, is a conservative president. It is very interesting because there is such a parallel to what happened in the United States between President Trump and Biden with President Bolsonaro and Lula, one very left and one very right. And there was so much confusion during the election. 
because nobody knows really if this election was uh, with integrity or not. There are proof on both sides, but unfortunately, nobody stands up and say we're going to fight for this or we are going to fight for that. So there is a lot of confusion among the people, the citizens of Brazil, the same here in the United States. But President uh, uh, Bolsonaro, it, he he's just an attorney, a military man, very simple man. And a few years back and around 2017, he made the decision to run for office because he felt uh, the left and the agenda of the left, which is transgender, same-sex marriage, socialism, behavior, was being infiltrated in Brazil. And as a citizen, he wants to fight for Brazil. He became very popular very quickly because when he initiated his campaign, uh, he almost got killed. Someone tried to kill him and he had to go to several surgeries. So people felt uh, sorry for him. Automatically, he became a big sensation. And surprisingly enough, he won the election. Just before Bolsonaro, we had Lula as president from, from for two terms from 2013 to 2010, he tried to be president over 30 years ago. I was still in Brazil when he was running for president. And he is uh, considered popular among the poor because he has barely any education. He grew up extremely poor. He had to, you know, sell things on the streets to help his family to survive. So a lot of poor people connect with his past. So he created a party called the Party of Workers, which is basically um, helping the poor by taking money from the wealthy to give to the poor, which it, it is in many ways. He's very vocal about the socialist um, politics. He believes in that. He's when he got elected, the most important special guest was the at that time the president of Cuba. So he created an environment to really promote uh, the socialism agenda. And on the same token, in the beginning, people believe it was a good thing because a lot of people don't understand what the socialism agenda really is. But after eight years, Brazil was in a very poor condition, a lot more violence, a lot more crime. So when Bolsonaro came with the far right agenda, which is being conservative, you know, it's all for family, equal rights for the black and the white, uh, a better life for everybody. He became the popular president. So it's a very different concept. Uh, Bolsonaro is a Catholic man. He has a strong face on the Catholic church, but his wife is a born again, feel uh, evangelical. So they really promote uh, the evangelical agenda. And Lula has no uh, faith. He does not believe in God. And he is very vocal about that as well. So it's just very two extremes. Uh, and we see the difference on the way, you know, they portray themselves. Yeah, very, very, very interesting scenario going on in Brazil, just like all over the world. Um you know, if I think about the whole uh, global socialism move, very appealing uh, to many people, 
but also very connected to the Tower of Babel where everybody will be one, you know, in an economic system, in a cultural system, as it becomes a global world order, um, you know, with no identity. So I, I think that, and I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at how many believers um, don't discern. And I do understand the reality of the issues at hand in the world. But I love what, I just side note here, Yonggi Cho, when he took over in South Korea, they were a very poor, debt-ridden war zone. And he got an encounter with God and he stepped out and he understood the fourth dimension of faith. And he started to teach his people about faith. And he had a he started with a normal bicycle that he believed God for. And before long, his people started to excel. And if we really do the research, you'll see that South Korea became a very wealthy nation overnight, really, because of the word of God. So uh, praise the Lord. But with Bolsonaro, what I would, I would like to find out in the leadership role, because um, I believe there's genuine concerns really for the church in Brazil uh, and also for the, the political situation in Brazil. Uh, what, what, was, what happened on January the 8th? I know in America there was something which was very similar on January the 6th. Then uh, in Brazil, quite ironically, there was something that happened on January the 8th. Can you tell the audience what happened during that time? Yeah, so the numbers show that Bolsonaro was the favorite to win, over 62%. So it was a big surprise uh, when in three hours, when the election, the voting system closed, in three hours they announced uh, Lula as the president of Brazil. So the people for Bolsonaro, right? unfortunately, this is the reality in Brazil now, uh, politics have divided the nation to two extremes, right? There is no conversation. Let's come together. It's like it's my way or the highway. So automatically the people on the Bolsonaro side, they were uh, disappointed and angry because they believe uh, Bolsonaro is the president. It's not uh, Lula, which it becomes a parallel with uh, United States, you know, until this day, and the comment is the same, President Trump is the president, not Biden. So this uh, narrative created tremendous tension. And there were some manifestations that happened in January 8. But unfortunately, the media always promote uh, unfair news, where the reality that happened in Brazil, and I am not saying that from uh, basic knowledge is just from people that are inside of the country, inside of politicians. We have very strong relationship. If anything, in 2019, we were there with President Bolsonaro and a few other pastors. We had the opportunity to spend time with him, pray for him, for uh, people. So we, I know a little bit more than the ordinary person. So when... Um, Lula won the presidency. He said the first thing that came to his mouth as a president, that he was creating a new law, that any crime that was 
below 1,000 reals, let's say $1,000, it was no longer considered a crime. So when the criminals, you know, the bad people, they're everywhere, knew he was the president, they came out in masses and they start creating riots and stealing from people's houses, raping women, going to the store. So everything that happened, uh, the media was showing people breaking things was actually low-class criminals taking advantage of a law that for us, it's not right. A law is a law, right? And that's what happened. That's one thing. So it had nothing to do with protesting against the election. But on the other side, Bolsonaro group, they were doing a peaceful protest. And, and I say peaceful protest because they learned the lesson from January 6th here in the United States. So the Brazilians, they were in favor of Bolsonaro. They went to the military in Brazil, to the generals and the colonels, and they asked for their protection so they can could do their own protest. But their protest was hundreds and thousands of people. They did it in front, in front of the places where the presence of the military and police officers were there. So it was peaceful. There was never one problem. But never, uh, the media never show that. They only show the other side, which was actually uh, something horrible that was happening. People were getting hurt, women being raped. But it was really not related to riots for the election, but they made it about that, which is unfortunate. Yeah, protests, they happen. Some people interact on the streets out of anger, but it was nothing like it was showing all over the world. So now I just want to go back a little bit. Bolsonaro, what was his policies? Um, was he pro-church? Was he pro-Christian? Was he pro-family values? Um, what was yes. his approach as a leader? For the first time, we had a president in, in Brazil that we call a popular president. He was the president that actually cared for the people. And that was the first time he taught Brazilians to be patriots. Brazilians are not like the Americans. Americans, they love their country. Brazilians like, no, we just want to have fun. Brazil is just another ordinary country. But for some reason, God used him. We really believe uh, God used uh, Bolsonaro to put that law for the nation in the Brazilian's heart and honor God. He was the first president in the history of uh, Brazil that brought the evangelicals to the table. Like I said, since the 1980s, Brazil received tremendous persecution, including my own family, uh, against the Catholic Church and other religions in Brazil. But this man, he said he believed in God and he knew the evangelicals, and of course, he included the Catholic as well. But the evangelicals were part of his victory because he knew the people were praying for him. So he changed the history of Brazil. Just for that reason alone, we know he brought that uh, that presence of God. He gave permission, legal right, if we can see that, for the church to step in into a place of authority, influence for the whole country, but also changing the spiritual environment, you know, pushing away the evil things and bringing the good things into place. And... His wife is a powerful woman of God. 
So when they were president, they did prayer meetings every single day. And she was very vocal about praying and even speaking in tongues. Those things, it is incredible that actually happened during his presidency. They are vocal about prayer, about fasting, about teaching the Bible. And he was also the first president to honor Israel, which we know how important that is. Uh, He loves Israel and he was fighting to move the embassy like President Trump did here. He was moving the embassy of Brazil to Jerusalem. So that kind of got stuck in the process, but that was also desired of his um, heart. But he is very uh, into uh, tackle crime and corruption. So he was very vocal. He would drop names of people that are highly involved in corruption. So he had a lot of people didn't like him. But he was for the people. I'll give you an example. He will uh, be driving in the car to one place to another place, and he will see a person selling fruits at the edge of the road. He will stop and buy fruits with them and sit on their chairs and eat with them, which that drove people crazy, you know, his security. And and there are people that are concerned about his uh, safety, but he didn't care. He wanted to spend time with the people. And that is something Brazil absolutely uh, learned the first time that that is a president who actually cared for the people. So he won their hearts in ways that it never happened. You know, the inflation was 33% a month when he came in and he brought down to 2%. And he was really going after corruption. The economy grew at 2% a year, which is not common for Latin America. So the people start having more money in their pockets. They were uh, feeling safer because Brazil is known for their crimes. He was not afraid of confronting the evildoers. He did that his entire life. He was a man who didn't talk like a politician. He talked more like a big dad protecting his children. And that is something... Uh, it is going to be in the books for Brazil. Yeah, we believe that sounds like uh, sounds amazing, and the proof is in the pudding, as they say. In in the reality that uh, the economy began to turn around. I mean, to turn uh, inflation from thirty percent, and then to have a growth rate of two percent. Uh, you know, to get rid of inflation and uh, to shift the economy around is a very very good sign uh, of. Of leadership, and uh, so yeah, that's exciting. Now the 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 policies of this n- new president um, are they anti-Christ in the essence? Are they anti-Christian? Are they anti-church? Uh, is he doing any good for the economy? Is there is there any changes in 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 this new president that is coming in comparison to Bolsonaro? Well, he was a president for eight years. And the reason he won the presidency, because his propaganda was his marketing line was zero hunger. So he promised the people when he was president, nobody will be hungry in the country. And the way he fulfilled his promise, if we can say that, he gave the poor a 50 reals, let's say $50 a month. Uh, but not in money. It was a basket with rice, beans, potato, 
and some vegetables. So this was his way to solve the problem in the economy of the country. So eight years later, that's all he did. He did not, uh, it was a handout in reality, right? He did not help the economy to grow. So that 50 reals became 30 reals, 20 reals, because the money was less and less, less power to purchase or have a better life. So when he came this time, he still used the same language. That's why a lot of people don't believe him anymore, including his own people has turned against him, especially in the northeast of Brazil. That's where he comes from. He was loved in a back then, but now if you go back, they don't want him. Why Brazilians don't want this man as a president? For one reason, which is the main reason, he's a convicted criminal. Since 2013, he, he was exposed about several crimes that he committed with money, other things, and his family as well, especially his son. So he should be serving at least a 24 years life prison. So we don't know what happened. It's very uh, confused, this whole situation. He was in prison serving for a while and suddenly he got released and he was running for president. So Brazilians feel ashamed as patriots. They have a convicted fellow as a president of Brazil. So they feel like if you are convicted as a fellow, the law in Brazil is very clear. If I am convicted as a fellow, I cannot run for president. So why he could run for president and become the president. So there are very interesting topics that nobody can explain that we see um, corruption, basically. And his concept of uh, Brazil, Brazil needs to be a socialist country. He believes that with all his heart. He's very vocal about that. He's fighting against the church. He already told the church if the church intervened regarding transgenders laws and same-sex marriage, he will make the church a warehouse. So we know as a church, as spiritual leaders, there is a huge concern because he is not in favor with the word of God. Everything the word says, he's against it. So for us, uh, we are concerned, very concerned. Question: What are the, what are the churches doing about that at this moment? Is there any um, movement uh, or actions that they are taking, or, uh, or you know, at this moment in Brazil? You know, the church in Brazil is in fear of persecution, which is a very good thing because it's an opportunity for the body of Christ to come together and have unity. So we are watching different denominations inviting each other to the table to put a plan together yes to pray and fast but we're going to have to push back a little bit too because sometimes people say let's pray and fast it's essential but we also need to take action because there are some laws that will come against the body of christ uh, for example in brazil as a pastor uh, you have to do a wedding between uh, two men or two women. So if I go to a church now, if you're a pastor in Brazil, and I say, hey, I want to have a marriage between two women and two men, and you say no to me, uh, the law shuts you down. Take your license away, close your church, and you can never preach again. So obviously, we are facing a very difficult 
situation. The future is not bright, but we know that we'll overcome because this is the season God is going to uh, intervene for the nations and save Brazil. So he is for, for taking money from the rich to the poor. So this is creating a huge division because it's not that simple. You know, we have to create, Bolsonaro was creating opportunities for the poor to get education, to have training, to receive, uh, to have opportunities to get a job, a career, even leadership positions. But this man is not giving the poor any opportunity. He's telling them the rich has too much money. We're going to take their money and give it to you. So that brings division. The, the church is also afraid because the, he is promising to take some rights from the church because he believes the church has too much money and the church should not have any money. He's literally trying to take the power away. Uh, not only evangelicals, by the way, the uh, Catholics as well. So God is bringing the denominations together uh, and they are concerned. They should be concerned. But we also believe God is going to bring that unity. And when we are united for one purpose, we know God will give us victory. Yeah, we see this global centralization, uh, you know, of power, uh, basically all over, um, you know, where the Bible says they give everything to the beast. But um, we also know that this is really where a true revival, which is, means that something that was dead, comes back to life um, or, you know, comes awake. We could say, some people say awakening. I always kind of shy away from that word because it's also in the new age philosophy. And we see that a lot in the dogma in the, in the world where they talk about this awakening. We're seeing that all over the world now. So I believe we awaken to righteousness and uh, the righteous will walk in the authority and the power of God. So, in many ways, I think it's exciting to see this time because it's a time where, as you said, uh, Rosanna said, we've got to make a choice. And uh, some of the choices are going to be very difficult. You know, what's happening in Brazil is busy happening in the USA. It's already happening in, in Europe, um, in England. Well, a lot of the places in Europe are, are actually not as on fire. I mean, you guys... In, in Brazil as a nation had a real revival going on there from what I know, understand. And so we trust God that revival is going to be ongoing. And um, we know the power of God and we know the power of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit gives wealth, not the government. And uh, the power of the anointing gives giftings not the government. And what God gives us, no man can give us. We know that, uh, Rosanna. So, um, but are there any genuine concerns you have uh, as a Brazilian? Well, as a, let me just say a global citizen, but somebody that comes from Brazil and knowing what's going on there, praying with the ex-president, um, being involved with many people that are, you know, the movers and shakers in Brazil, uh, and I think also, what can we pray for as a people? What what are the things we can lift up uh, for Brazil is pray for the world? Uh, you know, Brazil has a secret weapon, which is the women that really get on their knees and pray. So we are yeah. praying as God on our knees, really 
asking God for intervention. That is a yeah. big concern, first and foremost, for the life of J Jair Bolsonaro. He is in Florida right now because the plan is to have him killed. So in the minute he had to leave Brazil before the, uh, Lula took the presidency because they were trying to basically kill him because it's still in discussion with the Supreme Court if the election was, uh, uh, you know, with integrity or not. It is exactly the same process that happened here. The only difference is Brazil watched the United States and they learned few lessons. So we still don't know if this man will be the president for the next four years. It could shift. It could change. There are plans uh, happening behind the scenes. So the, the first and most important as a Brazilian, a citizen of Brazil, because we know, you know, the spiritual realm and the natural realm they work parallel, but the natural realm is way more important than the uh, the supernatural, more important than the natural. So yeah. when men took the presidency, and the reason I'm saying this to uh, open a parameter, he brought all the witches in the country, the black witches, and he did two ceremonies in all the areas of government for hours. And these people did their their uh you know rituals demonic stuff really really demonic stuff in every part of every building to remove the god of bolsonaro out of the country which is really interesting they see bolsonaro as the man who really professes christianity and that happened twice so for us witnessing this it is a concern you know because they have more power than we have but we know He's giving legal rights for the demonic to access government in Brazil. So the biggest concern we have is protection over the nation of Brazil, over the government of Brazil, because we have leaders that are strong, spirit-filled Christians in Brazil, and they are feeling a lot of pressure right now. So we need to pray for our president, um, former president, I would say for right now. Yes. Uh, that is in Florida. He is, you know, as you can imagine, he's discouraged, he's confused, not understanding what really happened there. But he can go back to Brazil. If he does, he will be killed based on the plan and strategy for him. And also praying for the leaders in government. They need our prayer because they are feeling so much pressure to leave because the current... Um, president does not want anybody that professes Christianity in government, period. So persecution is already a reality. And we need wow. to pray for protection of the people because people are angry and they are using their anger against their neighbors and people are really hurting each other. And the, the, we need to unite Brazil as one nation under God. And so it, it is tremendous concern and also pray that the church really position in unity. We can't talk anymore about denominations and doctrines and any of that. We need to be together as one under the kingdom of God, under the word, you know, speak the truth of Bible with boldness and fight for the nations because that's the desire of God for our lives. It's the season. I always said when God uh, allow 
COVID happened in, in the nations, for me specifically, the Lord said, I'm drawing the line on the sand and I, I will be shaking the nations and I will make, I will witness who is going to take the decision to be right on the right side, on the left side, which when we say right and left it has nothing to do with politics is those who yes. wanted to be on God's side or on the agenda against Christ. So we are on the right side and the church really some end up going to the left, which was surprise for a lot of people. But God is shaking the nations, shaking the ministry, shaking us individually. So we really need to stand up, step up and fight for us, for the body of Christ and for the nation. So that is my prayer. Uh, hold hands with us and pray that God will bring the people to stand up for the, what is right. For the kingdom, it's really not about Brazil. It's about God's agenda against the agenda that's Antichrist agenda. So that's our prayer daily. That's right, Rosanna. And, and, and I feel like, I feel, I want to state, and that is what we are encountering right now is the activation of the demonic in its essence, in every sphere, but in the same reality, we have to realize we cannot take life easy or take life in a very lackadaisical approach. We have to take it very seriously uh, because we are not only in a spiritual war, but this is also playing out in the physical realm. Now, of course, the only thing the enemy can do is like what he's doing to the Christians now. The enemy will attack you because in the spirit he cannot attack you, but he will try and wear you out and he will try and attack you with what he can, which is through what he came to Jesus with, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. And if he cannot seduce you with those things, then he's going to try and kill you. And uh, so we have to... In God right now, we have to begin to raise the standard as believers in our standing and in our mentality uh, as believers. Now, we're not in any way engaging in a physical battle. It is a spiritual battle. And our standing actually shows their ending. That's, to me, important. But I love what you have to say. But I also was, my daughter showed me a video of, um, I was actually, by the way, in Brazil in 1993 with my wife, Haley, And I was in Rio of all, of course, everybody goes to Rio. I didn't get to only three days. And um, because of jet lag, the first day I ended up sleeping uh, late thinking it was day. And when I got up, I thought, wow, what's the sun going down for? And I phoned the hotel guy and I said, what's going on? Um, what's the time? What, what time is it? And I said, no, no, we're ready in the evening. So I missed a whole day because of jet lag. And, uh, and, uh, so I started in the evening in, in Rio, but I love the food in Rio. Wow. And, uh, actually, in about a day, I started speaking Portuguese, and so I, anyway, I love Brazil. But the the thing I want to I, I, I saw there, I think it's called Corcovado. What was that that big uh, statue of Jesus? Is it called the Corcovado? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's yeah, what I remember. Uh, it was called Corcovado. It, now, it somebody, is, yeah? It sits on the top of the hill called Corcovado. Okay. It's the, that's the name Corcovado. That was a gift from France, by the way, to Brazil. Wow. Amazing. Now, I saw something about lightning. Is that called Christ the Redeemer? Christ the Redeemer, correct. So lightning struck that, but was that after they did all that demonic stuff in Brazil? Yes, it happened almost simultaneously. So it was very uh, interesting. It was on the news and some felt like it was a sign from God, you know, and others felt was a rebuke from God. So, yeah, something on, on the supernatural that never happened before was all over the news. Uh, yeah, no, God is, God is doing it. God is releasing his signs. That's amazing. It's amazing. But, you so, know, I love uh, is, what you said. It, it is that season we are entering now, uh, you know, Americans, for a long time, and we know that, and I love America, and I always say I am born in Brazil, but my heart is more American because I've been here for 30 years, and this is where God called me to be. But Americans were known for being lukewarm because they had such a good life. They didn't have to worry about anything. But now uh, it's shifting. It's beautiful to see, like, Americans stepping up and really seeking God. And Brazil... The last Brazil was a very strong uh, nation seeking God, but the last ten years Brazil became lukewarm. The Christians became lukewarm. So now we are going back to the original intent of Brazil, which is a praying church. People are seeking God. They have no hope. You know, more than sixty-five percent of the population have zero zero expectation with this uh, man. Uh, Lula sitting in the presidency. So it is a beautiful thing because in one hand we see um, people with no hope, but we see the the seed of Jesus, you know, coming out from people's heart and they are sharing the gospel. We know one thing for Brazil and America and all the, all the nations, there is no hope for politics to get any better. It's not going to get any better. It's just going to get worse for Brazil and for the United States. And I can only say for the areas that I am personally working politics. But we also know we have the greatest opportunity, the greatest opportunity to really show what the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about. So I started a ministry called the Now Woman Space because I really want to equip the women as a single woman. I'm going for the woman, obviously, yes, yes. because I want us to step up in the places of influence, the different spheres of influence, because we have we are the only hope for our nations. So we have to step in education. Education became the biggest problem of Brazil, the biggest problem of the United States. They are teaching children as young as eight years old. They have the right to choose to be a boy or a girl. So who is doing that? It's not people in favor of the gospel. So we have to equip men and women to take positions of influence because we have the power to reform the nations through the power of Jesus Christ. Yes, we are praying for revival. 
And I'm sure you have seen some of the signs of revival here in the United States. We already seen some signs of revival in Brazil as well. But it, revival will be sustained if we really give ourselves to God for him to do a completely reformation through us in the churches and then eventually overflow to society. So it's an amazing, unique season. We are ready. Whatever God wants, we're going to fight for it. We're going to pay the the price. The cost is high. It requires finances, sacrifices, sometimes time with our families and loved ones. But this is the season, and I do believe God has called us. You, Pastor Benjamin, has been such a, a pitiful part of this season with Pray for the World. And when you came here doing COVID, I God literally, I really believe when I heard you were here for a long time, it was like the Lord saying to me, I'm bringing reinforcement to the United yeah. States of America because Brazil, ha America has given so much to the other nations. And I know God brought you here for that season as a reinforcement because you carry that authority to shift things on the atmosphere. And that's what we are looking for. We are coming together. We're going to fight yes. for our nation and we are going to win in name of Jesus Christ. So I am very hopeful. I am more excited than ever. Amen. And and I love what you're saying that you're working with a woman, because I believe in the last days, one of the most powerful tools in the hand of the Lord are going to be godly, anointed women. So uh, that's uh, that's really powerful what you're doing. Just in closing, I'm going to have you pray in a little bit. What I would like is there anything you would like to encourage the people of God in as their role as believers uh, in the church and in society? If you could just define what you feel our role to influence, because we're going up against a lot in the natural. And I think a lot of people are in panic, some are in fear. Some are, as you're saying, they're just discouraged. They don't know what to do. Uh, many people seeing the economic climate and the threat of economic and uh, nuclear war. So, so many things are changing. And uh, yeah, is there anything in closing you feel in your spirit, Rosanna? Oh, I feel tremendous excitement. I know the best is yet to come, not on the personal level, which it is also in the personal level, but on the nation, all the nations, right? I do believe this is the best season for the body of Christ to be alive. The church is alive and well. We have been crushed in seasons. We have been persecuted, but we are standing strong. And this is the season for you and me and each member of the body of Christ get together. Humble. We need to humble ourselves. So we need to recognize where we felt because we felt, as my pastor says all the time, we allow all these things happen, you know, same-sex marriage and transgender agenda and teaching sexuality to children as young as eight years old and all of this politics doing things that are evil to the eyes of the Lord. We allow those things to happen in our agenda. So the problem is us, the church. It's we, it's very easy to say this party or that party, but it's we really need to look in ourselves and say, God, 
What did we do wrong? Correct us, teach us and guide us so we can win the battle for the nation. So it is an exciting season. I do believe God is waiting, ready and um, preparing the church for the best season we are going to face. I think the best is yet to come without a doubt. But we need to, you know, Jesus gave us on the New Testament the model for the church, right? The fivefold ministry. God has called some yeah. to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be pastors, some evangelists, and some teachers. So we need to be connected to ministries that are operating under the New Testament establishment of the church. So we can't just pretend that we are somebody, hey, I am this and I am that. We don't have that spiritual covering. So my advice, the best thing I can say for my personal experience, look for the leader like Pastor ben, Pastor Benjamin, right? He carries that anointing. So people under his covering will fulfill their destiny. I am under a covering. He is under a covering. So the goal is we look for uh, the apostolic, the prophetic, the pastoral ministries, they can help us. And the purpose God put that in place is not for people to have titles. It has nothing to do with titles. Titles don't yes. mean anything from the Lord. It's because it is a structure. God put everything in place so they can equip us. We can equip each other and be empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit, yes, but it's also the natural side. We need to have a structure, be in a church, be united with the people of God, seek God with all our heart and really be a voice in our society. We can no longer be quiet and silent. The season to go to church and just do a little prayer and go home and pretend that we are Christian is behind us. Now it's everything or nothing. So my invitation for each one of you today, including myself, and I know Pastor Benjamin thinks the same way, jump on this boat, be bold, learn the word of God, go after your spiritual mentors, your spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers so they can teach you the word of God So and, you, and impart that anointing in your lives and let's fight for the kingdom so we can go to heaven and have billions of people waiting for us, saluting us because we were part of the harvest. It is a wonderful season. Let's pray and knowing that we have the victory because it's, we know we read the book and the last chapter is in our favor, not in the favor of the enemy of our souls. Amen, Rosanna, very well said. You know, it's very interesting, something you said a little bit earlier. I'm going to have you pray shortly, but you said for 10 years, the church in Brazil started to compromise. And you spoke yes. about the church in the USA. You were talking about when the Lord sent me to the USA at that time during COVID, I was with my two daughters. The Lord sent me as a prophet. And then we released Pray for the World. But something that I realized was that it was in the hands of the church, and God was making a decision. And I said to many people, because people were putting their faith in Trump, it's not Trump's, Donald Trump, because he was fighting for Christian values and Christian principles. And I believe also with the president of Brazil, and they men. 
But if you look at the children of Israel, many times they got evil kings because they had compromised. And there was no repentance and there was no prayer. And yes, it's good to be ready and prepared in your gifting, in the economics and in the political realm and all the spheres of influence. But if there's no nucleus of spiritual anointing and power and men of God, we're in trouble. And it really gets back to the first principle. Somewhere along the line, the church lost the true vision and got caught up in another vision. And we're seeing it in the world. And uh, I hear a lot of what you're saying. And we do see the reality of these different individuals. But persecution has its intent because it brings us to prayer. And that's as simple as it is. It brings us to the power of God. And that's where revival is birthed. And it's an unfortunate reality, but it's a reality that is happening right now. And I see it in the USA. I see it all over the world uh, because, again, the leaders... I'm talking about the true leaders, even the praying leaders, even the prophets. There were many so-called prophets, but they led people with what they wanted to hear. So I'm not preaching here. I'm just talking. And I believe many of us have to come back and get our direction from the Lord. So uh, praise God. Rosanna, I would love you to close in prayer. And you know, also, if you could pray for Brazil specifically, we want to join with you. And seeing as you in the USA, we want to join with you in the USA, and you can also pray for the nations. But um, we are going to join with you in agreement uh, as you pray. Uh, and we pray also for the leaders as well. Thank you, Rosanna. You're welcome. Let's pray. Father God, we are so grateful for another day in our lives, Father. We are grateful because we are called children of God. There is no greater privilege to know the God of the universe, the God who created the mountains and the hills and the heavens and the oceans, is the God who created me and created Pastor Benjamin and every person at the sound of my voice, Father. You created all of us, Father, and you created us for the one purpose that we could have relationship with you, Father. So we are grateful that we are called the family of God because we received Jesus Christ, the mediator that came between you and us, Father, to have a relationship. So the most important thing in our lives is our relationship with you, Father. So we come before your presence, Father, humbly asking us to Forgive us for all our sins, Father. We ask you to forgive us for our prides, Father, for uh, us believing the lies of the enemies, Father, because there is only victory in our lives when we are with the God of victor. Father, uh, we pray for the forgiveness of the leaders of our nations, Father, the leaders of our churches, so many of us as humanity all together have compromised, Father, the word of God for personal interest. So this morning or this afternoon or night, depending the time zone we are, Father, we ask you and we come together united. Father, forgive us.
We don't deserve the God that we have, that we serve, but we are grateful because you are merciful and you look in our hearts and you know that is a group of people that is a remnant out there, Father, really praying and asking for forgiveness, also really praying and asking for the salvation of souls, Father. We are for the kingdom and the kingdom alone, Father. So this Today, this is a special day that you give me the privilege to be here with the men of God, Pastor Benjamin. And for those that are also watching this video, Father, we ask you, Father, that you give us this strategy to continue serving you with integrity, Father, that everything in us that is not in alignment with the word of God will be removed by the power of your name, Father, in our hearts and our souls are 100% to do what is in alignment with your word, Father, what is in alignment with the prophetic word that was given to the nations, Father. We pray that Brazil will be saved you know, Father, the church in Brazil is a church that pray, Father. Even though the last few years, the, the Brazilian church start compromising and start going a little bit more comfortable, prayer was a secondary thing that was more interested in entertaining the people instead of teaching the word and teaching them to pray and pray on their knees at times, Father. So I ask you that you forgive the nation of Brazil, that you forgive the leaders, Father, that walk away from the pure word of God, that the absolutely truth of the word of God, Father. We ask you today that you send your angels, Father, that you release the angels to the nations of Brazil and they will go and minister to the men and women, Father, that hold position of influence not only in church, but in government, Father. We give them permission to minister and to even speak to them during dreams, Father, that they feel uncomfortable, that their walk with the Lord needs to change. The walk with the, the Lord needs to be refined, that Brazil needs to have revival. Brazil needs to have reformation, Father. But it has to start with us. So today is the day we are asking, have mercy on Brazil, Father. We ask you, Father, that the power of your blood covers the nation, Father, cover the church, Father. You know the intention of the satanic agenda against the churches in Brazil. They already start suffering the persecution and of Brazil, Father. But today is the day that we come, Father, before your throne, declaring, Father, victory of Brazil and all the assignment against the nations all over the world, and especially Brazil, we pray right now, Father, that will be broken by the power of your name, Father. We thank you, Father, for the people that are rising up, Father. You are bringing a new breed of men and women. You are raising, Father, a new generation of people people. They wanted to spend time in your presence, Father. We are seeing already the young people coming, their desire to worship you, Father, with their hearts open, with their mind open to receive the presence of the Lord, Father. We also ask you that make us uncomfortable, Father, when we do or say something that's not in alignment, Father, when we start getting too busy with our lives, with our businesses, and even with our churches, and we are being negligent of spending time with you in prayer and fasting, correct us, Father. Don't we give us you permission to not allow us to deviate to the right or to the left. 
just put that impression in our hearts. Don't allow us to have peace if we compromise, Father, because this is the season we can no longer compromise. Wake us up, Father. Make us to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit, Father. We know the promise is to win. It's not to lose, but that is a cost to pray. So in Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for uh, all the things you have done. We know, Father, the plans of the enemies are exposed. One good thing that happened during all these things, also in Brazil and the United States, now everybody's seeing with their own eyes, even those that didn't believe the enemy is real, that is an enemy out there going after souls, but he has been exposed. Now we know what to fight for, what to specifically pray for, Father. We ask you, Father, for protection of the generation behind us, Father. We know when there is something bigger to happen, when there is a powerful promise to be fulfilled, the enemy always goes after the generation, the younger generation. He did that with Israel. He did that with the people, the seeds that were carrying uh, the seed of Jesus in their uh, family lineage, Father. And now we see the same happening, not only in Brazil and other nations, also in the United States, the attack against children. So today we ask you, Father, to protect our children, Father, that you keep their eyes still when the message comes that is in disagreement or against the word of God. Father, we ask you, Father, to protection for our churches, for our ministries, Father. We are here to serve you, Father, whatever it takes. We are going to fight for the kingdom and we are going to be victorious and glorious because we serve a God who loves the nations, the love individuals. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. I feel that anointing of the Holy Ghost for the nations of the world. Thank you, Rosanna. And uh, we believe God for this great, great, great shift in the uh, in the nations and the events of the nations. And um, Rosanna, it's awesome. It's awesome that prayer. Awesome that prayer. And um, I'm in agreement with you. And I'm in agreement with all of those, all of those in the audience around the world. We're going to see the light break through. And the Bible said in Isaiah 60, arise, shine for your light has come. It's going to get so dark everywhere. doesn't matter how dark it gets. What matters is what's going on in the inner man. Your spirit man, the Bible said it's been renewed day by day. So great is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And so we hear all this news. We see what's going on in the world, but we know we have the good news. And that good news is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the gospel is the power of God under salvation, and it has the power of transformation, transfiguration, and we're going to see the nations really change. And the Bible said when there's all this evil, there's also going to be so much glory. So God specializes in impossibilities. And right now where we're headed we're headed into a lot of storms. We're headed into a lot of negative territory. We're headed into a lot of impossibilities. And this is not exclusive to Brazil or the USA or Europe. It is right in your doorstep. Wherever your doorstep is, that is exactly 
where the battle is. Amen. And it's also in your heart. So praise God, Rosanna. We have the victory. We have the power. And I thank everybody for joining us and uh, Rosanna for bringing great light and information regarding the events in Brazil and even in the USA. And uh, I know God's got a great, great plan still. The best days are ahead of you and you've been prepared for this time. And and I believe we're part of that just as we joined with you today in this first uh, podcast that we've released and uh, I want to thank you, all the audience that have joined us for this podcast. And you can follow us on all the different social media uh, platforms, prayfortheworld.com and Pray for the World on Instagram, Pray for the World on, on, uh, on I, I believe, uh, on Facebook. And uh, you can stay tuned for our next episode. And uh, hallelujah. So may the Lord really bless you out there. I love you. And uh, we look forward to having you next time. And I know there's much more that we're going to be doing together uh, in the days ahead. Rosanna, thank you very much. God bless you. This is Pastor Benjamin Arde uh, from Pray for the World. Or this is Benjamin Arde from Pray for the World. And uh, we will be in touch.